I think it's ever important now that we start talking about people and not just things. And I guess that is why I started podcast because I want to talk about people and their life. And when I get to meet professionals, I'm not looking at what they do. I'm looking at who they are. And if we have a good conversation, I get to invite um, them to my podcast. Recently, I got to meet a very good friend. His name is Michael George, an entrepreneur, humble. And I think he has a very great personality when it comes to communication. He's social, and I find him intelligent. Mr. Michael, you're welcome on my podcast. Alex, it's a pleasure to be here. If you buy a Lamborghini next year, and you're going to multiply your clientele by 50, are you going to buy the Lamborghini? It's going to multiply your business like the next thing. True, but no, no, I won't. Why would I? To feel like shit afterwards. Why? When I met you, you kind of reminded me of someone I respect a lot, Jordan Peterson, because he's a Canadian. And I think he is someone who actually made me study Canada a little bit and see the beautiful things about Canada. But if I might ask you, what are some of the beautiful things about Canada, you know, that people need to see? Oh, um, bro, here, there's a lot of nice stuff. You know, we, we're talking nature. The people here are very nice. When I, when I first came here, the difference between where I used to live and where I am now is like night and day. Back home, it was more like, you know, it's like a desert type of weather. When you come here to Canada, it's a, it's a lot more natural. There's a lot of nature here. The air is a lot more fresh, I, I suppose. And, you know, when you speak to people here and you speak to professionals, they're very well spoken and they're very nice. They, it's like they're eager to help you. Right. Especially where I am right now in Montreal. And the fact that I don't really speak French yet, I still get all my stuff done. You know, that's that, that goes to show how nice the people here are. You know, they, they go out of their way to speak a language that they don't know just to help, uh, you know, a, a newcomer like me. So, yeah, that, that's one of the beauties of Canada. You know, the, the people, I would say, that's, that's what they're famous for. You know, they say the Canadians are the nicest people on earth until you piss them off. Right, right, right. And I moved to Montreal, right? Montreal is a, is a French state. It's a French, it's a French city. Like Quebec is a French province. And everyone here speaks French. But when a newcomer like me speaks only English, they go out of their way to speak English just to help me out. I see. You know? So were you able to pick up any French while you were there? Uh, oui. That's the only word I fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you were able to live among people, Frank, people who speak French and you're able to blend with them a little bit. Well, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a nice thing. It's nice to see them. Um, it's nice to see people who are willing to help you out and for them to go out of their way to help it's it's interesting you know so in one word what would you call them what i call canadians mm -hmm. uh friendly i would say yeah you know they make you feel at home ah interesting wow okay so 
What do you do for a living? So what I do is I am a business owner. I own three businesses in three different industries. So I'm the founder and owner of the MG brand. We have um, MG Marketing. <clears throat> so I help um, service-based businesses with their marketing and sales. And in addition to like pricing and offer creation. Then I have a fitness business called MG Fitness. I work with professional athletes um, with their conditioning. So not their actual sport, but the conditioning side of their specific sport, whether it's rugby, boxing, soccer, football, well, football and American football <laughs> and, um, you know, any other um, sport that they're professional in. We focus on their conditioning side. <clears throat> then I have MG Trading. Now, that company is basically for my investments. Okay. And long story short, I just have traders who trade my capital. And that's it. Wow. Interesting. It's, it's been an interesting journey, to be honest. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of girls will be, you know, buzzing your phone a lot because you are pretty. Doing that, doing not get me started on girls. But that's, <laughs> yeah. That is a whole other podcast. Young, uh, healthy, and making money on your business. Isn't that a good way to live a life? Yeah, honestly, I... Um, I never thought I'd get to where I am now. To be honest, it's not the reason why I started. You know, money wasn't the main focus of the reason why I started the MG brand. You know, it was actually to help other people, believe it or not. But, you know, a little bit of extra money helps. So, exactly. Extra money helps. Tell me. I am still getting to know you. Well, I know that you know, life is a, a process for some and it's a journey for others. What have you learned about business? What have you, what do you know at the moment that when you tell someone else, it's going to puzzle the person? What have you encountered in your journey to owning a business, to operate a brand and just to manage people? Because, hey, people will run you crazy. And, you know, being able to work with people, that sounds like, a huge tax. It was it's a responsibility. What have you acquired over the years? What have you learned that has helped you to be able to build brands like this? Well, what helped me the most is actually the failures, really. You know, when I first started um, MG Marketing, I was only 17 years old. And as soon as I started the business, the first thing that popped into my mind is, how am I going to talk to these CEOs, right? These decision makers in, in these big industries, right? And as you speak to more and more people, you realize that these big CEOs are just human beings, right? Like in the end of the day, he's a huge CEO, but he's just a human, just like you and me, right? And when he comes on a meeting with you, it's because he wants to talk to you. He doesn't want to, most of the time when people start a business and they get into a sales call, for example, in their head, it's like that other person is out to get me in a way. That's what I, that, at least at 17, 18 years old, that's what I thought. You know, I'd get into a business call or, um, or a meeting and I'd be like shivering because I think that the person in front of me is like, he's he, he, like, he sits down on a chair and he's like, all right, impress me, you know? And as you go along, you, you realize it's, it's not the case. You know, the person in front of you is trying to listen to you, right? And he's trying to make business with you. And at the same time, get to know you as a person, right? There's a lot of really nice um, people out there. And another thing that I learned is you don't have to work with everyone. 
right? Meaning if you don't click with a client, for example, or a lead, you're not first forced to work with them. So that's one way to manage people is to manage people that you like. You don't have to, you know, manage people that you don't because quite frankly, I'm the owner. So, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I'll just find another lead. No one's going to fire me. Right. If I don't like the person, I will not work with them. Mm. And I think that's very important for everyone because it it goes both ways, right? If I don't click with my leads and at least don't click with me, we can't have a successful partnership mm. or a successful journey together. So it's best if we call it as it is and both go our separate ways. Otherwise, if you force a... Um, what's the word if you force a connection for example right it won't it will never go your way for for the both of you. okay maybe they'll pay you but you'll give them a shitty experience mm-hmm. right and it'll be very hard for you to manage them because you know in your in the back of your head it's like all right i need to deal with this client i need to deal with that client but when i when you choose the clients that you work with right and most of the time like most of them are really nice people so it's, it's it's not like nine out of ten people are bad. It's actually like when I speak to like ten leads, I click with almost eight nine of them. It's always that one dickhead that, that pops up every now and then, right? And when you click with them, it, it it makes you happier about what you do, right? Because I'd be looking forward to talking to them, like every like you know how in my in my business we meet once a week. Mm-hmm. I'd be looking forward for the next time I speak to them. Whereas if you work with someone else that you don't like, you'll be dreading the time. Sorry to cut you because of time. I just wanted to know how you've been able to pull it. Have you been able to pull a business? How have you been able to manage a brand? Even when you encounter difficult people? Oh, you just, you just keep your head up and keep pushing forward, really. Right? That's pretty much it. That's that's really all I've done. You know, I've encountered hard people. I've encountered people who, you know, um, they ghost me, for example. There are many days where I'd be waiting for someone, right? Waiting for a client and they'd never show up. Most people would quit because they're like, all right, now fuck this shit. You know, no one wants to talk to me. But instead, you just, you know, pick yourself up and keep pushing forward. So that's what I've done. Keep pushing. Do you package your brand? Sorry? Package your brand. Package my offers, yeah, I do. So when you package your brand, do you add designs to it and do you make it look good? You have to. It has to that's 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 part of offer creation. Okay. So when you package your brand and you make it look good, tell me, how is it different from lying? Because here's the thing. I used to have I was having a conversation with a network marketing uh, very experienced network marketer and I was we were talking about his business and he was telling me his goals for his next year he wants to package his brand he wants to buy some new cars he want to buy get a new office he want to put it so that you know he can help boost his business so that you know he can you know he can uh he can, he can get some he can boost his level of authority in a way because hey when you have all these things around and you get yourself packaged now you look good in front of the client now you can make a proposal Cool, but how is that different from a lie? That's what you mean. All right, now, you see, I don't package myself, right? You know, I, I, I'm guessing what I mean is about these people that, you know, buy these nice luxurious cars and you know, all these fancy shirts, and they tell you, all right, if you want to 
get the nice car, you want to get the nice shirt, you got to work with me because that's what I've done. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, like, okay, let's put, what, what I'm trying to say is, let's take an example, Grand Cadon. Grand Cadon has a, a, I think it's a Bugatti, right? And he doesn't, he doesn't really need to buy a Bugatti, right? But let's, let's assume that the reason of, for him buying the Bugatti is because he wants you, when he's talking to you, man, this is a guy who was on Bugatti sitting uh, on the other side talking to me. He wants me to join him. Why should I say no? He has a Bugatti. But he can literally buy one Lexus or one nice car or some other nice car that's not that expensive. So tell me, how is it, how can you tell this is not a lie? Like, what, what is the, differenti- the, the discrepancy between packaging your business and actually like lying, putting up just to pull the sale? perfectly honest with you you can't really tell the difference you know i don't do that personally i actually hate it in my in my opinion when i when i said that i thought i thought you meant um packaging your offers you know like you know you 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 pay this much and you get whatever right i didn't understand the question at the beginning but um yeah i actually don't like that shit you know and you can't really tell if they're lying or not because how are you going to know if the car is actually cashed out or um rented you can't okay i mean like my point is there's a likelihood that the car was paid for but you know when you spend when you spend all your money trying to buy the car because you want to make sure your business goes you see that money could be used for something else but you decide to use it for your business and you probably don't even own the ideal life you want, but you have to put all that money into buying luxurious properties so that you can show up. Now, the question is like, at what point can you say this is not a lie? Because he, he might be the owner of the car. Anybody can buy whatever they want. Most especially in a country like this, you can buy whatever you want. So at what point can you say in business, I am just packaging, but this is not a lie? Because When you package an offer for your client, you're sending a proposal that my business is established enough that you should work with me. And if that is the case, then why do you have to package it? It should always be in that way. Like I'm standing right here now. I'm putting on a suit. I'm not wearing a suit every day. And I have all this light set up. I don't have light set up every day. So if I have light set up on the background and I'm just... Is this a lie? It's not a lie because it's not a lie because it depends how you package what you say, right? If you have a suit on and let's say you have a Lamborghini behind you, right? For example, and you come up to me and tell me that, yo, if you want to work with me and get the Lamborghini, uh, sorry, if if you want to get the Lamborghini, you got to work with me, right? There's a difference between that and not having Lamborghini at all and selling your services, selling it as a service not as yo work with me because i have this you're you're selling your service not actually you're not selling the service the lamborghini selling your service okay right that is a lie because that means you don't believe in your own service you needed a car you needed to buy a car to sell it for you you needed to buy this luxurious fake life some actually by the way most of it is fake just by the way it's because these people have done their market research and they know what these young kids want. They know what the young kids want to see. Everyone wants to be a millionaire by the age of 21, 22. So that's what they're doing. They'll go rent a Lamborghini or actually if they have a friend who owns a Lamborghini, 
They'll ask me, oh, can I borrow it? And they'll let the Lamborghini sell the sell the course or sell whatever they're trying to they're trying to sell you, <laughs> right? Now that's different from you standing there wearing a nice suit and selling your offer as it is. Okay. Next question to you would be, if I may ask, I don't know, are you okay disclosing how many clients you have at the moment currently working with? No, I don't mind. Okay, so how many clients do you have at the moment? So usually, so for my marketing business, I usually take um, no more than five. So this month we have four clients. If I tell you that if you buy a Lamborghini, you're going to multiply next year, if you buy a Lamborghini next year, and you're going to multiply your clientele by 50. That's thanks, thanks. 50. Are you going to buy the Lamborghini? No. It's going to multiply your business times 50. Right? The thanks thing. True, but no. I'm going to buy the Lamborghini. No, I won't. Why would I? It'll multiply business by 50, but you'll feel like shit afterwards. Why? You're putting all your um, beliefs and all your... If I needed a Lamborghini to sell 50 clients... Right, it's like getting a girlfriend, for example. If you need a Lamborghini to get a girlfriend, then you don't have the belief in yourself, right? And that'll make you feel like shit afterward. Because remove the Lamborghini, who are you? You know, will the, will people still work for you? Hmm. That question is dicey. Because hey, why do I get? Why does a guy rent a house or buy a house so he can have a shelter so that when he takes a lady on a date? And they want to go somewhere. They can go to his place. They don't go to a hotel, right? Exactly. Right. Why do you buy the Lamborghini? You don't. Do you need a Lamborghini to pick up a girl? You know, you can buy any other car. But if she's gonna come to your house just because you have the Lamborghini, it's two completely different things. What about if we conceptualize it this way? She is coming to you because she has found a man who can afford to pay for a Lamborghini. What if we think about it that way? Uh, again. If a girl will only date you because you can afford a Lamborghini, what if you can't afford the Lamborghini? Will she still be with you? Well, so, these stuff are materialistic, you know? A choice shouldn't be taken based on materialistic things, in my opinion, right? If I decide to work, let's say you're, you're um, offering a service, right? And you're trying to sell me that service on the basis that, listen, Michael, I have a Lamborghini, right? And that's why I need to work with me. Not because I'm good at my job or not because I believe in what I do. It's because of the Lamborghini right here. I'll probably, if you tell me you made your money doing this business, the money you used to buy a Lamborghini, that's a good start for me to think. That's a good start for me to start, okay, say, I don't really need to buy a Lamborghini like this guy. But if I can have the same money that this guy is making, making that enables him to buy a Lamborghini, maybe that's where I should be. That, that is true. If it, 
that would be the case if it's actually true, if I actually bought the Lamborghini. So how do you know? It, it, it can go both ways, right? Because in a way, people would lie about it okay. to sell you. But I think even though I, even though I had a Lamborghini, you'll sense my confidence from my speech, mm. right? So if I was actually confident about what I do and my, you know, my business, I wouldn't need to show you the Lamborghini. If someone needs to show you the Lamborghini and you're for you to buy whatever he wants, nine out of 10 times, it's because they don't have the belief in themselves. Okay. And obviously you don't want to work with anyone who doesn't believe in in his own offers. Mm -hmm. Right. That's my opinion. Now, obviously if it, if it is actually true and you know, um, you're, you're like you're on board and everything. Yeah, then I'll show you. Be like, yo, listen, by the way, um, <clears throat> whatever strategy I have got me this Lamborghini. Maybe, but I don't believe that one should work with the other based on the materialistic stuff that they have. Okay. How do you tell a good leader? Good leader? What are the traits of a good leader? A good leader should be confident. Um, he has direction. He's got a goal and he knows the personalities of the people that's helping him. Who should break the rules? The rules in what way? Who should break the rules in any system, in any business, in any partnership, in any gang member, in any crew? Who should break the rules? Uh, depends on the situation, really. If the rules are broken, or if the rules should be broken to get to a good question, <laughs> huh? I think no one should break rules, but people should um, stand up for themselves either way. Because sometimes there are rules out there that would oppress the others. Like for example, let's say there's a boss and he has these rules that don't make his employees feel good for example or like they're controlling in a way mm -hmm. then i would say the employee should break the rules or at least set up for themselves and leave the situation leave the environment so cool so good question actually jesus <laughs> yeah because this is the problem with creative people is that the problem for the employers creative people are Problem for the employers because creative people need to be able to think with their own and they, they need to have to break the rules because that's what created creativity brings. Exactly. And a good leader will know this and not put these rules in the first place. How do you so how do you get how do you how do you get productive time and effort when you don't put creative people around you? 